Well, let's welcome back Coach Taylor. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Um, it's good to be back. Um, no, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, no dramatic change from last week. Um, finals finished up on Friday, so just kind of patiently waiting to see how we did in the classroom. Uh, the guys should be, you know, resting their bodies, t- taking off everybody's, for the most part, cleared out of here, man. You got a couple of local guys um, that have been still using the facility, but, you know, our team is, you know, pretty diverse from around the country, so um, pretty scarce. It's like a ghost town, man. Sometimes I'm walking into work at 7 a.m., and I'm like, man, look, it's, it's a little eerie out here, man. There's nobody here, so, <laughs> but all good. And it's still dark at that time, so yeah, that does make it eerie. <laughs> well, let's jump into fan question. We'll start with Ray, who says, with Charlie Wilson having such a big season, do you try to make him more of a go-to guy next year, like the Vikings tried to do that with Randy Moss when they had that number of touches they tried to do for him a few years ago? Yeah, the interesting thing is, um, yes. Um, what we need to do, though, is we need to find one or two more Charlie Wilsons. So now you can't just hone in on one guy. But, yeah, I mean, our offensive coordinator did a really good job of, um, you know, uh, building – you know, building the offense. I wouldn't say building it around them, but, I mean, it's geared, man. It, it ran through Charlie. So, you know, the, the, the key in this recruiting cycle slash developing all the guys on our team is to find somebody that can we put – find someone we can put on the other side of them that can take a little bit of heat off of him, man. So, Joe would like to know, with a lot of high schools already out for Christmas vacation, does this become a time where it is easier for you to recruit and talk with players or harder to do so? Uh, it depends on how you look at it, man. We're always going to be positive knowing that we can get to a kid now in the middle of the day versus, you know, you're not wanting to harass a kid during, high, during, the, the, during the school day hours. Trying to, you know, try to stay away from texting and trying to communicate with kids when they're in school. So um, now we can't physically go see them. Like I was in schools last week. That was great. Um, so, but now we can't do that because they're out of school. So what you've got to get on, now you can get on the phones at 11 o'clock in the morning and, and get to them. So it's always a positive somewhere. Shelly would like to know if you foresee any changes to the coaching staff for next season. A good question. Um, that's something that, that got, you know, evaluated that super early. Once the season was over, I met with all the coaches. Gosh, if we got done playing on the 12th, I met with all the coaches on the 14th, man, just to kind of see, one, do they want to come back? Uh, two, um, you know, after evaluating their job performance, you know, do, is it a good fit? You know, so as of right now, yes, everybody's back. But things have changed. You know, there's always – Two cycles in, and again, for doing it for 20 years, I've always seen two cycles of coaching changes, right? So as soon as the season's over, coaches get fired or coaches leave for a different opportunity. And then what happens is they have the signing date, which is the first Wednesday in February. So what a lot of programs will do is they'll, they might know a coach might want to leave or whatever the case is, but they'll have that coach stay all the way up until get those recruits signed, and then the coach will leave, um, a position coach will leave after that. You're not going to see too many head coaches leaving it after February, but the position coach, there'll be another wave of cycles of coaches. So you never know. I mean, you never know what's going on uh, with uh, somebody's um, professional uh, goals. And you try, you ask up front, but, you know, such things that come up where a coach could, could get a job and, and leave. So, Mike says, Coach, how about that Vikings comeback on Saturday? Maybe this team is for real. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. Everybody is, you know, I, it amazes me how, you know, people. Some people just don't understand the game, man. Like, you have to keep playing. You have to keep playing, man. I mean, nobody would have sunk it, but the Vikes. I mean, it's amazing because the person I was with was like, man, wasn't excited because they said, man, this is this thing's not over, and for sure it was not over. You know, and think about all the games in the NFL this this this, uh, this weekend that were so close. 
you know, it's it's the NFL, man. Like you got to play, you know, you got to play. So it's doesn't it wasn't surprising, man. Nothing surprises me. So and maybe they're for real. Like I said, whenever they're not playing, everybody knows the Eagles is my team, love them to death. But I pull for the Vikes. I want to see the Vikings do well. So. Donald says, Coach, I know you are a huge Andy Reid fan. I saw that he won his seventh straight division title with the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you rate him among one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time, even though he has only won one Super Bowl? Wow. You know what? I, that's a great question, and it's very subjective. Um, I know I would have to say, yeah, he's, I think he's really, really, really good. You got Belichick. You know, you got, um, um, you got Belichick. You got um, that's up there, Don Shula. Right, one of my games. Tower's really good. Tower was really good. Uh, Jimmy John, Jimmy John, Jimmy Johnson was good. But I'd put Andy Reid up there, man. I, I really do. I'm Mike Tomlin. Everybody knows I fell up Tomlin and Dungy. I think those two guys are worthy. Like when you start talking about Mount Rushmore, and, you, I don't, I, and I wouldn't even do it in five. I'd say like the top ten, top ten um, in the history of NFL. I'd say I'd have to put you know maybe George Hallis, the guy. I think he was a bear for the Bears. You know um, Lombardi. Like you have to put you have to put Andy Reid up there, man. He's really good. Yeah, I think sometimes people forget, too, it's not easy already to win in one place, but, but he's been a winner in two spots. I think that even makes him even better. He's very, he's very good at what he does. He can, he can, he can communicate with men. Um, he can articulate you know, what he's trying to get done. And he's a good X's and O's football coach. I mean, can I identify talent, has a system, has a belief? I mean, he's, he's good. Ike says, Coach, love the new quarterbacks there are in the NFL. A lot of great young guys. Who are one or two that you really like to watch and why? Hmm. Definitely Jalen Hurts. Um, just because of his development. Well, one, because you, you, know, you saw him in high, high, saw him in college and just knew, like, wow, man, he's, he's good, right? So let's take it a step further. Goes to Alabama, does a great job. Adversity hits. Uh, Tua comes in. He, he stays positive. I think Tua got hurt at Alabama and, and late in the year. Jalen Hurts comes in, helps the team. Things weren't going the right way once that season was over. Goes to Oklahoma, has a great year, right? Then comes in after Carson Wentz and, um, you know, probably wasn't happy with that situation. Waited his time, and then he got developed into what he is now. So I'd say Jalen Hurts is one. And then another young quarterback, I guess I'd have to say is between Josh Allen and Herbert. I like those. I like those two guys, man. They're 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 solid. They can spin it. They're big. They're, they they can run. They're smart. You can see that they're they're learning the system. So I'd say those. Though so I'd say definitely hurts, and then I'd say Josh Allen and the the Bills. Our buddy Andre returns. Says, Coach, we already know the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. So give us your take on the Seventy Sixers this season. How do you think they look early on? You know what? Um, I haven't followed them much because I'm getting. And this is the way it always kind of works for me is. You know, every now and again you might catch them, right? But we're at the end of our season, right? So now we're in a recruiting. So it's not a lot of time to just be – not a lot of dead time. Like, I'll catch up on the Sixers, like, January, February, like when I really start indulging. So I can't I'd – be, I'd be lying if I said I, I'm really following how they're doing. I don't know. I don't know. I know Maxi was hurt. He came back. Um, so that's all I really know. My uncle in Philadelphia, he, he, he's the one that gives me the updates every night when they're playing and how they do. So, but I'll start watching those guys and – and, um, but late January, February, especially when the NFL is getting over, that's when I'll kind of really tap into the semi-sixers. 
George would like to know, he says, in recent years, they've added more teams to the NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA playoffs. Do you like it when they dilute the number of teams that can make it into the postseason? I mean, it takes a – I remember I thought back in a couple years ago, it used to be in the NFL, the first first two teams would get a bye. Now it's just one team. So I kind of like it the old school way, but it, it provides more opportunity for people. So I mean, I think, and then obviously with more opportunity, more revenue money. So I understand it's all about money. So the more games they get and the commercials and all that. So I think, you know, it, it dilutes it a little bit, but it's good, it's good for opportunities for, for teams that might not have got it, gotten in. So. Next up we have Peter who would like to know, will there ever be a point where you go back to being called Charles instead of Chip? Um, yeah, that's, well, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny as I've gotten older. I mean, more people um, have called me Charles, I guess I would say, you know. So growing up uh, through uh, elementary, high school, college, was nobody called me Charles. But then as I became an adult, you know, and kind of got into the workforce, I'd probably say more so since I moved to Minnesota, really, as more people call me Charles here now that I think about it. So Davis says, Coach, settle an argument for me. Turkey or ham on Christmas? Oh boy, I don't. I, we don't want to lose any. We don't want to lose any listeners, right? I don't know if I should answer this question. <laughs> I think they both have. Yeah, their that's, place. A, that's a controversy. I think they both have their place. Um, if you're fortunate enough to have both, then let's just go with both. That's what I say. Chris would like to know when did you stop believing in Santa Claus? If you did stop believing, uh, probably say second, maybe second is second grade. Around there, you know, at that point, they start putting one. You start putting uh, one and two together, and you're like, "Wait a minute, man! Like, there's no guy sitting down that 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 uh, that chimney. You know, what happened to police with people that don't have chimneys? Like, how does that work, man? So you just start processing it, and and then so yeah, I probably, I, but I do remember about second grade. It's like there's no Santa Claus. We have a couple of questions from Lisa from me for you. The first is, do you still hang a Christmas stocking for yourself? <laughs> I haven't hung a Christmas stock in, in years, so, I, so no. <laughs> she would also like to know fruitcake, yay or nay? Now, here's, okay, now I will say this. Uh, my aunt, I have an aunt in Florida who bakes um, uh, cakes, and absolutely, man, like she, and she sells them. So, yeah, so she's really, really good at her fruitcake. So it's, yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know. The key is you can't have the fruit too big in it, though. You got to—that's what her key is. She chops so small. I've had some fruit cakes before where the the, the fruit is too big, and I I, did, I wasn't a big fan. But my aunt Paulette, man, God bless that lady, man. She's been baking for years, and she does a good job. Phil would like to know: Do you have anything special that you eat around Christmas time? Um, no, nothing special. No, nothing special that we – no, nothing special. This is traditional, traditional stuff. I'm just short – listen, I know this is going to sound crazy and people are going to think I'm corny, Rob, but the fact, you know, if you can have a meal on the table, man, and you be around some good people, that's all – I'm happy with that. So whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm happy about that. But nothing special. Nope. Charlotte would like to know, she says, what is your favorite Christmas song and would you sing it for us? <laughs> I'm not going to sing it for you. But I do like Silver Bells. Silver Bells is a good one. Silver Bells is good. Um, oh, Come All You Faithful is good, one of my favorites. Joy to the World is good. Those are three. Um, but, yeah, I would say Silver Bells has always been 
always been one of my favorites. And words of wisdom from the coach this week. Words of wisdom. All right, here we go. Found this one this morning, thought about the show. I said, I can, I can share this one on the show. Be good to people for no reason. Here you go. That's oh, it. I like that. I like that. Coach, thanks for joining us this week, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening.